Hi, you're listening to The Dietitian Cafe, brought to you by New Outra, where we discuss the world of nutrition and dietetics. My name's Harriet Smith, and I'm a registered dietitian and founder of HRS Communications. The Dietitian Cafe is a podcast for healthcare professionals to learn from and expand their horizons within the world of nutrition. If you are a business owner or perhaps work for a company, or you're interested in the idea of working with dietetic interns, then this episode is all for you. We're going to be chatting to our guest about the benefits to both sides of dietetic internships, the support that we should be providing to interns and key learnings that they can take away from the experience. We're delighted to welcome a returning guest for this episode. They first appeared on the podcast back at the beginning of 2021, and they're joining us again today to talk all things dietetic intern related. So if you haven't guessed already, it is Nicola Ludnan-Rain, otherwise known as Nick's Nutrition. So welcome, Nick. It's great to have you with us. Thank you for having me back again, Harriet. It's always a pleasure. Now, Nick is a big advocate of dietetic interns, and that's through her own business and also through a Facebook group that she co-founded in 2020 called NutriTribe. The group, amongst other functions, provides a supportive space where dietetic internships can be promoted. I'm sure Nick will tell us more about that during the episode. But first of all, I'm going to hand over to you, Nick, to tell us a bit more about yourself. Thank you. Um, yes, yeah, so I am a registered dietitian. I qualified back in 2009. And um, up until January, I worked for the NHS. So I worked for the NHS for 14 years, first full-time, then part-time. Um, now, though, I still work clinically for a private hospital um, and also freelance. So I do a lot of brand work. I do a lot of media work, TV. Um, and then I also run the NutriTribe, like you said, with my colleague, Ro Huntress. So we have got a course for freelancers, how to establish a freelance business. And I've also got a Mummy Nutrition ebook. So I run two so- social media pages, Nick's Nutrition and Mummy Nutrition. And that's about it. I've got two small children and it keeps me very busy. I'm sure it does. And um, we will link to Nick's uh, social media pages and also the Tribe group in the show notes if you're interested in checking those out. So, Nick, I'm delighted to chat to you today. And just before we begin to delve into our main topics for discussion, we always begin with a few quick fire questions. So my first question to you, Nick, is what's your signature dish to cook? So I was thinking about this and I'm going to flip on its head and say whenever I go out, if there's seafood risotto, I always order it because I would never cook it. So... Yeah, I would order always order a seafood risotto. Sorry, that's not answered the question. <laughs> Sounds delicious. I'm probably quite a faff to make at home. So yeah. all the better if someone's making it for you. Exactly. So second question, do you are you a texting person or do you prefer to speak to people on the phone? I say WhatsApp and WhatsApp voice note because it's like so much quicker. In fact, you sent me one just before we recorded tonight. So true to your word. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And finally, if you could meet anyone in the world, either alive or dead, who would it be and why? Do you know what? This isn't this isn't philosophical. It's Katrina from the Tone It Up Girls, who's based in LA. So I'd love to just fly out there, maybe have a meal with her, because I've followed her workouts for years. Um, and I followed her fertility journey. She's got two little children. And yeah, I'd just love to have a cocktail with her on Malibu Beach. Maybe fit in a workout as well, or just the cocktails? 
yeah do you know what possibly a workout as well um yeah and just chill out in LA for the weekend (laughs) sounds dreamy perfect well great to have you with us Nick thank you for our quick fire round now on to our topics for discussion all things dietetic intern related so just before we um, delve into interns, can you begin by telling us a little bit more about your journey into freelance and congratulations, by the way, for going fully freelance recently. So tell us a bit more about what your role looks like at the moment. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, so um, like I said, I still work clinically in bariatric surgery, actually, for Ramsey Healthcare. And then my freelance work, it can be anything from social media content creation to writing articles, writing for magazines, doing bits of TV, doing events, um, speaking as a dietitian, writing like courses or ebooks, and um, like presenting on, for example, a personal training platform as a dietitian for their nutrition course. So I think, as you well know, like the life of a freelancer, it can, it's so varied and that's why I love it. And no week ever looks the same. And there's just load always different campaigns cropping up in my inbox. So yeah, that, that's why I love it basically. Yeah, it sounds really varied the work that you do and also quite busy. So is it just yourself on the team or do you have a team behind the scenes helping out? And if so, what does that team look like? So do you know what? Um, had you asked me a couple of years ago, I would have said there was five people and that was um, me and then there was an agent. So I used to have an agent and her agent's assistant. So I used to have weekly meetings with both of them. I had a Kickstarter from the government, which is a bit like an internship that's paid for by the government. And then I had an intern who turned into basically an assistant who was working for me one day a week. So that was in 2020 when I was still working part-time for the NHS and I was extremely busy drowning and everything came along at the great at the best time. I have though since left my agent for a number of reasons and I'm totally happy managing my own work. Um, the Kickstarter for the government that came to a finish because the government pulled it and she actually found employment, which was the aim of it, which was great. Um, the assistant who used to work for me a day a week, who is amazing, Louisa, she actually, um, after three years of working with me, decided to leave her nutrition advisor role and retrain to be a teacher. So I was saying off air that we now basically only work together during school holidays and we basically have to like batch content create. Um, but I do have um, a new, I would I would call her an intern, like what's the difference between an intern and an assistant? I'm sure we'll come on to that. But yeah, so a new intern who is helping me out. But now of course, because I've left the NHS, I do have more time, but I don't have an infinite amount of time. So I still do need support. And sometimes I call on other people who I might employ on an ad hoc freelance basis as well. Okay, so just to clarify, you you raised a good point there. What's the difference between a dietetic intern and an assistant? So in your opinion, what is the difference? So in my opinion, so an internship is what, so I've I've taken on three interns, I would say, since 2019. And I, I was saying that I had to look back because I couldn't even remember when I first started working with an intern. So my first intern was in the summer of 2019. And I would say an internship is for someone who either is a student nutritionist or student dietitian or newly qualified. Um, they're after a small number of hours a month. 
And let's say it's for a period of like three to six months. So um, I worked with my first intern for, I think it was between three and six months. She actually decided for personal reasons to leave her the dietetic course. Um, and so I then started with Louisa. And Louisa was so amazing that she um, carried on working beyond the three months, beyond the six months, beyond the year, and then turned around and said, Nicola, I'm really enjoying it. I think at the start we were on 12 hours a month. And she said, I want to basically drop a day a week of my day job. Um, can you facilitate that? Basically go from 12 hours a month to like 30 hours a month. And I just said, I just said, yeah, let's give it a go. And from month one, she managed to do 30 hours worth of work. And I immediately thought like, what have we been doing before that? Like without her. So she then became my like, right hand man right hand woman like my assistant I, I no longer could call her an intern working for me a day a week still freelance you know she'd invoice me and um, the way we did it was we had like a, a google doc online and each month I would just set out basically all the different work that that needed to be done um, and you know would be in constant like text communication and she would create content for me um and it was amazing. So yeah, that's the difference. I think it depends on yeah l length and number of hours and and your relationship as well. I think when interns are first starting out, it it's almost like a bit of give and take. In that I would pay a lot for CPD. I'd pay a lot for them to watch webinars and enhance their learning. And then as they become in a more of assistant role, that you know they might only do say one webinar a month, something like that. Yeah, that's really interesting. And um, I wanted to just ask you again. So using this term assistant, we're, we're talking about nutrition assistant, right? We're not talking about personal assistant. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So 100% it's a nutrition assistant. So it's someone who is is a registered nutritionist. So she was working for Aviva at the time doing nutrition consultations. And yeah, it's someone with, you know, not, it might not be clinical knowledge, but that public health nutrition awareness um and then obviously i like i've got an accountant who takes into account all of those things um i don't have a virtual assistant um i've got admin support for my clinical work um you know to do letters and things like that but um i don't have a a, a pa okay that's really clear and in terms of that decision to first take on an intern how did that all come about what led you, you to think okay I'm going to go out and do this and find myself an intern so I was speaking to Roe Huntress who I established the Nietzsche tribe with and I was saying to her I was saying to her like how did it all come about and what happened was in 2019 Roe was working full-time and she had some additional projects that she could no longer do in her spare time so B, she basically um, looked on the government website, looked at the notion of interns, spoke to the BDA, said, is there anything else that I need to consider? They said no. And she put out a job advert on her stories, I think, on Instagram stories, and she was inundated. And she started the interview process. And I was like watching all this going on, thinking how busy I was. So I, before, before where I am now, I used to work full-time for the NHS. I used to work evenings and weekends at the private hospital and then every single other time every single evening the other day on the weekend annual leave I would be working freelance and then once you have a child you realize that well you don't want to work 24 7 and you can't so I said hmm I think I need a bit of 
a bit of this support as well. And she said, I've got it down to like two candidates. I'm taking this girl, or I think she took on a few at the same time. And she said, this girl, Nick, you'd love her. She lives near you in Yorkshire. I met up with her for lunch and we hit it off. And yeah, we took it from there. And it's very, it's not very risky when you, t- you know, if you're saying to someone 12 hours for, th- you know, for three months, then let's see how it goes. It's not very, not very risky, but that's how it came about. Basically me and Ro having too much freelance work and not enough hours in the day. And uh, you want to do everything like, but you just realize that you can't, so you have to delegate some things. And it's interesting hearing how, um, yeah, taking on an intern can can not only make your life easier, but also you're giving back to them. You're giving them these amazing CPD opportunities and fantastic exposure. But were there any kind of barriers or um, concerns that you had about taking on an intern? Oh, yeah, like 100%. Because when me and Ro first did this in 2019, in the world, it's extremely new. And I think when you do anything new, anything new is scary, but anything new in the world of dietetics is even scarier because it can, in some areas, be quite an old school profession. You know, I'm sure there are some dietetic departments out there still using paper or fax machines. So, um, yeah, I think like that was like a barrier. And also like not knowing, like having, you know, paying someone. And, and when I got a Kickstarter, I had to do payroll and I, I had to send my very first pay slip and I've never done that in my life. And I mean, I, I, I just forwarded it from my accountant. Like I'd recommend an accountant to anyone, but yeah, it's the unknown to me was a barrier. Um, and also, you know, you put, you're trusting someone, you're paying, you're investing in them. Um, and it's what, what work are you going to get back? And luckily everything has been like 80% good um so far and in terms of those considerations you mentioned some of those concerns and obviously you know it's a gamble when you're taking on someone new that you haven't worked with before um were there any kind of processes that you put in place you mentioned having an accountant to help with things like payroll in terms of having a contract or anything like that is is that something you considered yeah definitely yeah so um row helped to devise the initial contract which I then tweaked and that's just more about like it's protecting yourself so you know it's the IP so any anything that they're drafting creating belongs to you because you're paying for that time I think the other main thing for me was how do I communicate what needs to be done on a monthly basis and like timelines and just finding the best way of working especially remotely um because even though or my second intern, so assistant, Louisa, she lived fairly close to me, still 45 minutes away. So we worked completely remotely. So that was when having like a clear Google Doc and, you know, being in touch on WhatsApp and you just have to be quite organized. Um, and yeah, I think if the person is flexible, it's great. And if they're not, um, then it, it's not so great because, you know, freelance work, for example, you know, quotes and things like that have to be sometimes turned around quite fast. So yeah, I think it's about building that good relationship and and getting along socially as well as in work as well. Yeah, building that strong connection because ultimately you need to trust the person, don't you? It's your business, your baby, and you're bringing someone else into that. Yeah, exactly. 
So are there any key learnings that you've taken away from having worked with several interns and nutrition assistants over the last few years? I think I think the main thing is to get the job spec correctly and and to pay accordingly. So when I first started out, um, we like Ro and I would both pay like minimum wage. And then as time progressed, the pay would go up. And then as I realized how amazing um, like Louisa was, I would like every think six months, like the pay would increase. And then now I pay a much higher fee when if she travels to my house, for example. And yeah, I think I think some people expect a lot from, for example, well, I don't I don't think that free internships exist. That's called volunteering. Um, you know, internships should be paid. Um, so yeah, don't don't I think you pay for what you get basically. Um, if you've got a volunteer working for you, then they don't have to meet deadlines and there's no real incentive. So I think that's a key learning is that you pay for what you get and just make sure that, that the job spec is correct. And for example, when I first I think took on my first or second, um, I had a I had something that they had to do, especially my Kickstarter, which is basically format an Instagram post and it was based on that work. Okay, so are they able to do that? Well, great, I can take them on board. Yeah, so it was like your recruitment process and just making sure that they were a right fit for your business. Yeah, exactly. Um, and in terms of kind of the day-to-days of having an intern, can you talk us through what, what that looks like? What were some of the roles that they were helping you with in terms of you know your social media platforms and also the other work that you're involved with? Yeah, so I think um, a lot about around like like research and say doing kind of like the first draft of an article, um, formatting my mummy nutrition ebook and also Nick's nutrition ebook, which is um, in the pipeline, and um, helping to film reels. So whether that's coming around to my house and basically like filming me because it's so hard to film reels when you need to be in the shot, but also filming recipe reels remotely. So they've got like the same background as me. They've got the same like overhead light writing Instagram content, like formatting it, writing my mo- my monthly newsletters, um, because that takes so long, um, you know, doing all the separate links. Um, a big role that Louise got into, I host a podcast called The Honest Mummies, and she basically would edit all of our podcasts. She'd do all of the social media side of it and basically I just did not get involved in the podcast all I did was rock up and record she basically did all the research she um did did all the like promotion from all the different platforms like on Apple and and Amazon and things like that so that was amazing to basically trust her with it with a full project so yeah as you can see it's really varied really varied yeah, and it does sound like you really have found yourself a fantastic nutrition assistant. Um, it's yeah, amazing to hear. So, what's been the biggest benefits to you and your business personally since taking on dietetic interns and assistants? I think I would say being able to take on more work, but I think that's a lie because the amount of work that is there, I would always get done. I think the biggest benefit is that I'm still here and I haven't had a nervous breakdown. And although I still lack in sleep for many reasons, I'm sleeping and I'm able to have Fridays off with my children and I don't work weekends anymore. So 
that's the benefit because I would have always got the work done. Um, but it's that work-life balance. I feel like I've achieved the work-life balance that is happy, happy for me right now, thanks to external support. And also, I suppose, like social media growth. I wouldn't have been able to grow my channels without, for example, Louisa helping me with the reels because I, that's it. I don't have time to fill, film recipe reels. So that's something that I would definitely outsource. Um, so, yeah, I say those two things. Yeah. And, and that's hopefully really inspiring for people listening to this who are perhaps at that stage with their businesses um, where they're slightly overwhelmed, wanting to continue to do all this great work, but something needs to give. And maybe taking on a dietetic intern could be the answer to that. Mm-hmm. So we've talked a lot about the um, benefits that you offer to the dietetic interns and the skills that you've really helped them to develop. But have they brought anything useful or insights or have you learned anything from the interns? Have you been able to expand your services as a result of these internships? Tell us a bit more about what you've gained from the interns themselves. Oh, yeah. So I think with regards to like the creativity and the technology side, I well, I haven't learned. I just understand that they know a lot more than me. For example, I remember my first intern completely revamped my newsletter and made it look so amazing. Um, you know, and I could have, maybe I could have done it, but I don't have the time or the energy. Uh, and then like Louisa is a whiz on Canva. That's something that I'm still learning about. Like, for example, editing the podcast that, that I host. I, again, I just don't have the time and energy so they bring so much in the way of skills. And I suppose it's, it's the design element, element. I know what I like, but I'm not that creative. Um, and also making recipes look pretty. Like I know, I know I'm a dietitian and I can cook, but I, like making food look pretty isn't my forte. Whereas Louise is amazing at that. So yeah, I de- definitely finding someone with a different skill set to you it is beneficial. It sounds like the interns have really helped to bring your ideas to life. Yes, that's it. That's it. And hopefully Louise is listening because she's certainly getting a lot of praise along the episode. (laughs) (laughs) She's sadly retraining to be a teacher. Oh, I'm gutted to have lost her. But there's going to be lots of pupils out there benefiting benefiting from her wonderfulness. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it definitely sounds like it. Um. So I just wanted to kind of ask off script. So with the interns, um, is a lot of the work that they do behind the scenes or do they have any interaction with your clients, customers, patients, or do they tend to work from home mostly? How does it look from their perspective? It's completely, almost completely remote. And yeah, I would say it's just a lot lot of behind the scenes. So for example, like Roe has... um, interns who become assistants who now do face the client and run consultations whereas because my work is clinical I class my clinical private hospital work completely separate to my freelance so my interns literally and assistants just help me with the freelance side um I'd, I'd class it as quite you know fun though when for example like Louisa would come around to my house and we have a day of content creating it, it doesn't feel like work you know, we're, we're, we're making recipes and, you know, filming bits. And I mean, for the record, a, a 15 second Instagram reel might take like two hours to film, you know, with all the different setup shots. And that's not even including all the emails back and forth and the brief and this, that and the other. Um, but yeah, but, but it's just, it's a laugh. Like I do stand there in the kitchen sometimes thinking like, I'm, I feel so grateful that, that this is my job. And, you know, 
we'll, we'll have lunch and eat all the delicious food and and, and that still that still works we're still you know chatting about things and yeah so it is it is fun it's just it's a different type of work and that's why for example louisa wanted um a day a week with me because um her day-to-day work was just all client facing whereas freelance work isn't it's a bit of this it's a bit of that she could work on an evening on a weekend and have a day off a week um that's why i am i'm so like laid back and just you know people can work whenever they want you know as long as the deadlines hit it doesn't matter to me when they do it yeah and and that's the beauty of it isn't it being able to fit it around your schedule particularly if you're studying or like you said perhaps you just qualified and you're looking for work um it's it's a really flexible opportunity so we talked a lot about the benefits of taking on interns, but people listening might be reluctant to take on an intern, perhaps because they feel like they need to offer up a lot of support, or maybe they don't have the necessary skills to take on an intern. So what kinds of support do you think needs to be provided for a successful internship? I think if you get the right candidate, and there are lots of amazing candidates out there, like that's one of the reasons why we set up the Newt Tribe to basically... Um, it's a private Facebook group to basically hook up dietitians and nutritionists who needed who needs to support to up and coming or students who want that exposure and, and that experience. I would have loved to have been an intern in my early twenties because of the amount of learning that I would gain. So really, if you get someone who's good, if you've got a good job spec, you get your CVs in, you do you know a decent round of interviews with. Um, you know, some practice examples, write this essay or write this article, write this Instagram post that you can judge. Really, it's not going to take much of your time. And, you know, if you do give back, if if you're paying for an hour of their time a month to watch a webinar, then great, you know, you're spotting them in their development. The other thing, I provide a lot of testimonials. I provide references. So, uh, you know, for example, my Kickstarter, she's now um, like applying for various jobs and I'm one of, I'm the only referee outside of university. So it, like, it, it's really nice to give back. Um, yeah. And in my experience, it hasn't taken much time at all. Yeah. That's really encouraging to hear. And in terms of providing equipment and things, you mentioned reels and creating recipes and things. Is that something you'd expect the intern to provide themselves or do you provide them with these kinds of equipment? Yeah, good question. And the answer is no. I think that if they're creating content for you, then you have to provide it. So direct off Amazon, I would send them like the background. Um, I sent, I bought Louisa quite an expensive overhead light. Um, the the new intern that I'm working with, um, I'm debating whether or not to to invest the equipment for her if, I, if I've still got Louisa, because then I've got the equipment, Louisa's got the equipment, and I don't know if it's just overkill um, and things like my Kickstarter, instead of buying her a light, I bought her um, a light reflector and the background. So she did a lot of still photography, whereas Louisa does like the reels and, and the motion thing. so, yeah, I think a laptop, they should have a laptop. But then again, if you're working with someone for several years, like maybe you invest in that. The Kickstarter scheme did actually give you a certain amount of money at the start to um account for things like like buying equipment and time taken to train and invest so 
yeah, I think it, it, it swings and roundabouts, but a lot of work right now can be done done on your phone and most people have got phones. Yeah, definitely. And we have mentioned the Kickstarter scheme a few times. I, do you know if it's still running, Nick? No, it sadly closed maybe 12 months ago, or so ago. But I think that was like post-COVID to try and get people into jobs. So and I think Roe actually went, went through quite a few Kickstarters, but I just had one for six months whilst I was on um, like maternity leave. So that was amazing to have that support. I was on maternity leave from the NHS, but still working freelance. So that was really good to have that support for, for my Nick's nutrition business. Yeah, no, that's great. And hopefully more schemes similar to the Kickstarter may um, appear in the future, which dietitians can benefit from as well. Mm -hmm. So what would you say are the main benefits for the interns in terms of the experience they have doing a dietetic internship? I think it's it's just what you've said. It's it's experience and it's being able to see what, what other dietitians do. It's to be able to, um, yes, see what the freelance world is like because, when you qualify, usually dietitians go into the clinical space, like usually the NHS. Um, I think typically, historically, the freelance world is perhaps a bit seen as, you know, like the dark side or, or taboo. Um, but actually, it's thank, maybe thanks to social media, it's becoming standard. And yeah, it, it increases their confidence. I, I said before that you can give testimonials. Um, so it's really beneficial, you know, and, and CPD as well, if, if if that's something that's not very well supported in their clinical practice um, and also income. So it, it's an additional income stream for them, um, you know, working on the side of a day job. Yeah, definitely. So, so many benefits and um, particularly I think if people want to experience an area different to what they've had during their degree, perhaps your placement's been in a clinical or public health setting, then finding a dietitian that really aligns with what you want to do in the future and trying to get an internship can be really beneficial. Yeah. So have you refined your internships over the years with all this experience that you've acquired? Um, and if so, what kinds of adaptions have you made along the way? I would say the goal of my interns is to establish a really good relationship so that they become more of an assistant. Because I think it is it is hard if you're constantly working with new and different people unless I do know for example like Sarah Alman Bashel I think she's got several really good systems like volunteers and internships but the way I personally work because for example I give them a lot of like my personal logins I don't really want to have to build up a relationship with someone end up trusting them which takes time um only for two months down the line to get someone else in so for me, it's about having a longer term relationship, you know, if and if I can work with someone for one, two, three plus years, then amazing. And you just mentioned building that trust with someone, especially if you're trusting them with the logins to your social media and you, of course, have got massive social that. following. <laughs> it's like your life. Um, yeah. So so what are your top tips for hiring? How do you kind of choose someone that you can trust, essentially? Yes, I think um, definitely um, a clear job spec. I think you can do a lot of whittling down just by the cover letter and the CV, uh, looking at what they've done. And and for example, we've got two amazing volunteers for the NutriTribe who run the social media pages, the Facebook page, the Instagram page, and the newsletter. And we have a lot of applicants, but 
I think you just get a vibe from somebody. And um, even though the girls who work with didn't have much experience at first with what we wanted, they were willing to learn. And they are now um, really familiar. Well, it was MailChimp. We've just actually moved because MailChimp have started <gasps> charging. So we've just got to move to a different platform. I don't even know the name of the platform because I haven't had anything to do with it. Literally, they have taken a thousand email addresses from one platform to another and um, they've got all the logins for our email addresses. They do Canva. So they are constantly upskilling. Um, so, yeah, and I think, you know, like on if someone's responding on WhatsApp and it's just, I don't know, I think you do get that vibe. And, and you can put in a, you know, like this is a probationary period for a month. Let's see how it goes. And it takes away that risk element. Um but yeah, I definitely say setting them a task to begin with and seeing how they get on or just saying, look, let's just give it a month because, you know, a month is a drop in the ocean, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And and do you get references or anything like that? Is that something you'd recommend for interns? So I think yes and no. For the Nutri Tribe, we didn't unless it appeared on the bottom of their CV. For my latest girl who I'm working with, I knew the dietitian who she was previously working with and and I and I spoke to her and yeah, I, you know, she said you know she was really good for good at doing this, that, and the other. So I think it yeah, if the person isn't known to you, it's good to get some sort of referee. Louisa, for example, used to work with Ro and so I just took Ro's word. I was like, Great, come on board, Louisa. And, and and she is amazing. So yeah, if you don't know the person, getting a, a, a reference is good. But also just saying, let's just give it a go. Let's give it a go for four weeks and and see where we're up to and see if we're both enjoying it. Yeah, I think that's really great advice and also reiterates how nutrition and dietetics it's, it is quite a small world and word of mouth is is so important and um, the impressions that you make on people even during your student years can go a long way when it comes to trying to get an internship, for example. What do you think? Yes. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, completely agree. So where do people go about finding an intern? You've mentioned the Nutri Tribe. Can you tell us a bit more about your Facebook group? Yeah, so basically it came about, me and Ro did this Instagram Live about, it's kind of like, it was like, almost like, like how to shine in dietetics. I can't remember the title of it, but we were inundated afterwards because we said that, um, like me and Ro are in various like different groups on Instagram Messenger where like there might be like 10 dietitians and we can bounce diet- bounce ideas off each other. And we, yeah, we were basically inundated and we thought, well, we can't set up these 10 to 20 little groups with all these people. So we set up this Instagram page and it's basically, it's a supportive community to ask questions. It's for dietitians and nutritionists um, who want to enter like the freelance world um, or equally just want to grow and thrive, um, but also get interns. So I know that Row initially advertised on Instagram stories and that's still that's still possible to do that because, you know, keen um, up and coming nutritionists still follow, follow other dietitians and nutritionists. But the Nutri Tribe has got some, uh, got some amazing people in it. And anyone who ever advertises in internships gets inundated. So, yeah, I would say there. But also, if you're after an intern, why not ship? Just 
um, approach the, the dietitian or nutritionist who you maybe admire. That's how I actually got my most recent intern. She basically just dropped me an email and said, my work's coming, an end, coming to an end with this dietitian. Can you take me on for a few hours a month? And I just said, I said, yeah, let's give it a go. So um, I may though need some extra support going forward. So I would just advertise in the new to tribe and, and take it from there. I can definitely speak from experience of having advertised jobs for my own business in the Nietzsche Tribe group and have also been inundated. It's a fantastic, <laughs> fantastic network. And do you do you vet people before they join the group? Just wanted to clarify that. Yeah, so there's a series of questions. So you have to be a, red, a, well, a dietitian or nutritionist. Um, you have to abide by the rules. Um, and like we don't, for example, allow pages to join because it's not about self-publicity. Um, it has to be a person. So 90% of people get in, but yeah, we, you have to be, you know, you have to be in the profession. You can't just join. So we do, we do click and we have a look at, at what other groups people are a member of and nine times out of 10 people get let in. <laughs> but yeah, I think there's about 1500 at the moment which, yeah, it's, ama- it's amazing, really good. I'm really glad to hear that your, your positive experience. Yeah, definitely. It's amazing because there's only, what, 10, 15,000 dietitians, dietetic students. So you've got you've got a good percentage of that in the Facebook group, which is great. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> so just a couple more questions before we come to the end of this episode. Um, so some nutrition professionals that I follow on social media, I see offer volunteer projects. So what what's the difference between an internship and a volunteer role or even a standard employed role? Can you just explain the difference in a bit more detail? Yeah. So, I mean, employed is um, like PAYE, they get a payroll um, number and they get pay slips. And I experienced that with my Kickstarter. And um, that's not something that I personally do with like my interns or assistants. They work on a purely freelance basis. So, they do work, they toss up their hours, and at the end of the month, they invoice me for the hours uh, and I make payment. So volunteer, obviously, is an unpaid role. And I think um, the expectations have to be a lot lower. From experience, speaking to other dietitians, when they've had volunteers, um, you can't rely on work being done. And when you're in the freelance game, that, that just doesn't work. I mean, potentially, I would take on a volunteer... Um, and I do actually get quite a lot of emails asking for that kind of work. And do you know what? I'll probably think about it now. I probably just haven't got around to replying them. And it was probably a while ago, but it, it, requ- it does require a lot of effort, you know, to set up the different types of work and then chase it up. And then, so if you've got the time though, and the work that you have got doesn't have a deadline, you know, great set up a volunteer. For example, coming up with, a load of Instagram posts that, that you're just going to use as stock or creating some PDF downloads to attract people to join your mailing list um, versus an article that has to get written or a journalist quote that needs to be turned around in 24 hours. So that's the difference. You can't set deadlines on a volunteer role. And I think that, is that there's a legal side to that as well, which is probably on the government website. Yeah, I was, I was just going to ask you about that. I think there probably is a fine line, isn't there, between getting people to do work for your business, which you're not then paying for. So definitely worth checking out the legalities surrounding that. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So um, if anyone listening has hopefully been inspired to consider taking on an intern, where can they go for more support and advice with this? I think that Rome might have done a webinar for the BDA freelance group. But ultimately, like the government website and um, and the BDA are very supportive. You know, since um, Roe first first did it, like you know, there's been me and there's been several other dietitians. So I'd probably say speak to a dietitian who's been there, done that, and and just do it. I think um, I think maybe as dietitians we like to overcomplicate things and think that, that there are a load of loopholes, and um, there really isn't. It's as simple as set up a Google Doc with, you know, with a load of tasks, say these tasks need to be done before the end of the month. Um, this is the pay rate that I'm happy to pay. Log your hours. Um, you can have a, a weekly meeting. I, I don't have time for weekly meetings. So I just kind of like li- liaison on WhatsApp um, and and take it from there. And just, just give it a go. So don't overthink it essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. 100%. Yeah. And just finally, to wrap things up, Nick, what's been the best takeaway for you having worked with several dietetic interns over the years? I think so. Two things. A, being able to put out content that I wouldn't have been able to put out, for example, like recipe reels or different creative concepts where I'm in the reel because you need someone else filming them. Um, So being able to put out like better quality, for example, brand work. Um, And then secondly, that work-life balance and not running myself into the ground. And all I think thirdly, still enjoying the work that I do because some work I don't enjoy doing. And so my, that's where an assistant or an intern comes in and they might do it a lot better than you. For example, my newsletters, I don't enjoy doing them anymore. And yeah, it's amazing when you train someone up and they they end up basically writing like you. So sometimes I'd be there like proofing my monthly newsletters, being like, did I write this? <laughs> because it sounds like I did, but I didn't. So yeah, I think those three things. Well, it sounds like you've had great success with your interns and thank you for hopefully inspiring our listeners to consider um, venturing into the world of internships. Just before you go, Nick, um, tell us where we can find more about find out more about you, your business, anything you want to plug. Go ahead. Oh, thank you, Harriet. Well, so I normally hang out on Instagram at Nick's Nutrition and ICS Nutrition or at Mummy Nutrition and then the Nutri Tribe if you are a nutritionist or dietitian. So we're on Instagram, but the main place we hang out is the Facebook page and we've got a newsletter. And like I said at the start, we've got um, an amazing course it's called How to Establish a Successful Freelance Business. And it's all about diversifying your income streams in order to achieve financial freedom and the positive work-life balance that we all deserve. So it's just about basically don't put all your eggs in one basket, have different sources of different income streams to to support yourself. So, um, and I did speak to Harriet before, um, we're going to be doing a discount code, which I can set it up tonight as HRS10 for 10% off if you are listening. Perfect. And we will link to that in the show notes as well. So thank you, Nick, for joining us on the podcast this evening. It's been great chatting to you again. Lovely. Thank you so much for having me. You're a great host, Harriet. Always a pleasure, Nick. Thank you. (laughs) 
And a huge thank you to New Outra for making the podcast possible. If you enjoy listening to The Dietitian Cafe, please consider subscribing and leaving a review or five-star rating so that we can reach even more health professionals. You can follow New Outra on social media at New Outra across all platforms to keep up to date with the pod and to hear the latest updates on medical nutrition. Thank you for listening and our next episode will be out soon. Bye.